0: Everybody. welcome back to the Sports Ethos Kings podcast. This is Jill. Um, I know it's been a little bit, but thank you for being patient with me during all this. And uh, now that we're, you know, a week or two away from training camp, um, we're getting things back going again. And so I know a lot of pods right now are talking about... um you know, roster construction and competition at training camp. I figured uh, this weekend, you know, since there was a new list of coaches that had come out since I last done a pod um, that I would do my last one on uh, one of the new coaches that uh, are here as an assistant. And then next week we'll get into the training camp. Um, talk and I'm going to have a fan round table and uh, really get into the nitty gritty. But I did want to highlight this guy because it was someone um, that I talked about during the Will Hardy um, podcast. And then if you followed me on Twitter, you saw me talk about it on there as well. But um, Dutch Gately was one that I had hoped that they would go after once Brago was, was let go. Um, He was on my list out there. I know that some of you saw uh, to grab as an assistant. Um, So I'm extremely excited that that he's here. And, um, you know, I'll tell you a little bit about him and his background. But um, someone who has that, again, why so many people liked Will and having that Spurs background, uh, Dutch has that. And he also has some continuity with Jay Triano from being with him the last couple of years. So um, without further ado, let's get into Dutch Gately. So he has been hired as the assistant coach and director of player development. He played college basketball at Temple, so another former player. And something interesting about him is he grew up around the game. So his mom is a D1 women's basketball coach. She has over 500 wins. She's in the Villanova Hall of Fame. And he says uh, that um, she's the player and coach of the family. And he's just trying to follow in her footsteps. So that's pretty cool. um, Having your mom be, you know, what, what introduces you to basketball. So something interesting is, His dad was actually her assistant. Um, He has a younger brother who works for the Miami Heat as an intern. And then he has another brother playing college basketball. So he says his earliest basketball memory was while he was with his mom and their team. And they had made it to the conference championship game. And so (laughs) that team decided to, he was six or seven, he said, and and they decided to uh, shave the um, school logo on the back of his head um, as, you know, a fun thing to do before the game. Um, but what stands out to him is he went to school the next day and he says the nun at school didn't like it and sent him home. So that's obviously a, a vivid memory for him. Um, and I, I mean, that's such a stupid reason to send a kid home. I mean, come on. But uh, but still pretty funny story. So he said his family dinners were a little bit different from, you know, every, you know, the traditional family is his family dinners were spent on the couch watching game film. And uh, you'll can kind of see why that will be a, a full circle moment shortly. So he said uh, post, you know, after he was done playing with Temple and he got his master's, uh, he said he had the opportunity to go into the women's college game. But he wanted to let his mom have her thing. And so he wanted to give uh, the going into the men's side of college game and giving that a go. That that was his dream growing up. And um, interesting enough, there were no jobs available so he said he decided to send resumes to um, some NBA organizations. He ended up getting an interview with Orlando Magic for their video room, but he was turned down. So I think you'll end up seeing that him being turned down there ended up being the best thing, you know, that happened to him looking back on it. Um And so he ended up taking the job at Lehigh University as a volunteer in their video room. And he said that having spent that year there, he was sold on. That's what he wanted to do. Um, He was an unpaid volunteer. And so and he was away from home. And so he said it. It it taught him, you know, everything about hard work and the dedication and sacrifice, you know, of what you have to give up in order if this is what he ends up wanting to do. And I would say that it worked out because in 2013, he was hired as the uh, video room intern with the Spurs and they ended up winning a championship that that season and the next while he was there. He said he knew that all the hours were worth it during the playoff prep when one of the players said that he knew a player was going to be going right because of the film that he broke down. So um, he said, you know, that's every video coordinator's dream is to have, you know, a player saying that to you or a coach and having it be, you know, impactful in that kind of game situation. So that was pretty cool. Uh, The next season he was promoted um, to the assistant video coordinator. And he said that, you know, what Pop told them um, when it comes to video coordinators, or at least how Spurs, you know, hold that that job title. And as you know, in previous podcasts, you've heard me of the countless um, coaches that have come out of the video room. You can kind of see why. So he says that um, Pop says that the video room guys are the lifeblood of the organization. You're getting essentially you're getting your master's in basketball. They look for former players who want to get into coaching and can still um, get on the court. They are kind of a jack-of-all-trades job uh, that people might not realize. He said he did everything from assisting the assistants, assisting pop. Some days they're out rebounding. Other days they're playing shadow defenders. He said they're running out there on the court with towels, you know, in their shorts uh, to clean clean up the water off the court after guys fall. Uh, He said if, you know, if someone's, you know, Something happens and you know, an assistant gets held up uh, for some reason that day. Um, you can go pick up uh, coaches' kids. Uh, basically, he said any kind of help that's needed on any given day, um, all while learning from the coaches every day and watching countless hours of film. Um, so, again, I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, He says, um, you also know in my, if you listen to the Will Hardy breakdown, you'll remember how I said that um, Will credited assistant coaches above him um, as helping him promote from the video room to an assistant coach. Well, Will goes on to mention that um, Dutch was one that he wanted to pay it forward with and, um, you know, to help him do the same thing with them. Well, what happened? Dutch was promoted from the video room to an assistant coach in 2015. And then he was there um, until 17, 18 season. So again, you see that, you know, n- people not being threatened. It's it's everyone helping each other, that culture of, I want you all to succeed, whether it be here or some, somewhere else. Um, I really love that of of what that part of the organization does. He mentioned that going into the spores spurs organization is like going into a library, trying to grab every single book, but never having the time to read them. He said that pop and everyone was throwing out terms. He had no idea what was going on. Um, being comfortable admitting, I didn't know what I thought I did then learning and being comfortable talking and asking questions. Well, why are you doing it this way? A lot of people talk about assistant coaches and that you don't want yes, men, um you don't want to just be there to build a head coach's ego he said pop showed that building confidence in themselves by watching film working with players putting them you know kind of in every situation you're helping them create their own identity as a coach and to feel comfortable saying um to someone above you or a coach i know you're doing it this way but can you explain why we are actually doing it this way so he was continually pushing head coaches and assistants and that was the hardest part about leaving san antonio he goes on to tell a story about how You know what he's tried to do this as well. And then what he learned from pop was that, you know, you can be in a, in a video room and just, you know, reaming into to guys from a, a game the night before, but then you get out on the court and he's out there stretching with guys, sitting with them, asking about, you know, their wife or their kids. Like he makes sure that he knows what's going on in these guys' lives so that there is that trust factor. Um, you know, but between both parties and that they feel that leads to success on the court. So he said that's something he's tried to implement as well. And so he said that was one of the hardest parts about leaving San Antonio. Um, But when James Borrego was hired to coach the Charlotte Hornets, um, who did James bring with him? He brought Dutch with him. And so um, he said that going there was also a huge part of his growth as a coach, Uh, leaving what he called the San Antonio nest and working with a whole new set of people and ideas. And that it, um, it, you know, it just pushes you outside that, that comfort zone. So, um, you know, we had mentioned Jay Toronto had worked on offense there. Something that Dutch uh, worked on was defense. So there happened to be a a New York times article where in 2021, and it was about, um, you know, Charlotte being like the next big the next big thing. And so uh, they followed the team around and Barrego around and they, you know, broke down their um, day's worth of, of grind, essentially, between players and coaches. And um, something that stuck with me was that there's a tidbit about how Dutch was playing three on three, four on four with guys and working with them on getting shots up. So um, what it says is the moment afforded Gately a chance to connect with the players. He's the son of Stephanie Gately, the women's basketball coach currently at Fordham University. As a child, he often accompanied her on recruiting visits. Occasionally, she handed him a binder that listed tidbits about the recruit, and he'd quiz her on the drive about the name of the recruiter's boyfriend or her favorite movie. His mother's attention to detail stayed with him. We don't recruit at our level, but you are still showing the guys that you care every single day. Because if you don't build a personal relationship with them, then it's going to be hard to coach them hard. And so, you know, you hear that quote from him at that time with the Hornets and learning that kind of from his mom. And then you've also heard him say it again about pop and that if you want to be able to coach them hard, you have to build that personal relationship with them, um, you know, and it goes into part of like what um, Sam Cassell said. I'm only yelling at you because I care about you worry. <laughs> you should be worried if I'm not yelling at you and I'm not saying anything to you, because that means that you've stopped caring. So, um Again, it's, as we hear with a lot of these coaches, it's about relationships, not just, you know, the X's and O's. And so um, another part that caught my eye um, was actually about uh, Jay Triano. And um, he mentioned that um, during practice that you want to give them two or three things that they're going to be able to remember and translate. He said in his previous stops, Triano would list the team's principles on the whiteboard with an addendum stating that any player who read the board can come into his office and collect $50. He said few ever did read the board guys. That's the easiest $50 you're ever going to make. Um, and then something that I thought was pretty cute, um, with Dutch is that he mentioned that, um, He had a fiance at the time of this article. They're now uh, they're now married. Um, But that, you know, with all the work that he does, um, you know, with with this part of his game and that, you know, she's so supportive and all this stuff. um, He makes sure that he uh, watches the Real Housewives so that um, he can connect with her. And uh, be able to answer any questions, you know, if he's on the road and they're they're having their conversations, that there's still something that they can connect with. And I thought that was pretty cute. And as someone who, um, you know, guilty pleasure watches The Housewives, um, I loved that about him. So that's just a little piece about um, Dutch. Hopefully you learned a little bit and uh, you have some appreciation for, um, you know, someone who's probably going to be towards the end of the bench. Uh, but you know, it's 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 exciting. And he's another guy that, you know, um came from the Spurs that uh was part of Brago's, you know, tasked with helping develop these young players. And so we saw a lot of Mike Brown's hires are um you know guys that have had that experience and you know developing and getting the most out of out of their team so it's it's exciting um we have training camp like i mentioned at the beginning of this coming up um in a week that's very exciting we're starting to see some of the last contracts coming through so just last week we finally saw um the akpala contract be signed uh i think quinn cook is still awaiting signature and kent Bazemore. um so i'm i'm excited about the uh the competition that's going to take place. If you uh, listened at this time um, last year and heard me and Damien talking while he was still um, on the show, you know, I was saying that, you know, it's, I liked that we had young guys developing, but in the same sense, when you're trying to make the playoffs, if something goes wrong, having to rely on, Ramsey and Woodard to be you know your your fall guys that's not a recipe for um, success that that you need a little bit more talent from that at the end of the bench uh, based on injuries and things you know and COVID that we had seen you know take place and so I do think that Monty's done a much better job this season that essentially everyone that's fighting for those last roster spots has experience in the NBA. And so, um, you know, it, is, it has had, you know, yes, you can say some up and down stuff, except maybe um, Moneki. but he has experience and, you know, he just won MVP of his league and in uh, in Europe and you hear nothing but good things about him and how, you know, Mike Brown loves him. But, you know, he's going to have to earn, you know, that spot if he wants it. Um, I I'm really curious to see, if they're going to go for that third point guard spot or if they might, you know, maybe decide to keep a Moneki and an Akpala and then, you know, address the third point guard if the situation ever comes up or if they would use, you know, a Monk and a Herder because we saw Atlanta have to do that. Um, I will say watching Atlanta the last couple of years, um, there were times when Herder had to play uh a, a backup role there because of injuries and so yeah I, I do think there's a lot of ways that you can mix and match this with shooting and defense and length and um and different things like that but man the guys like you know akpalott like those are the ones that i would want to even if they didn't work out those are the kind of players that i would want to see them take a chance on just because of knowing how important defense and the small forward position is um, in this league. And I know that, you know, there's always a conversation of if he's a small forward uh, power forward, but going back to college, he played both. And so um, he's mobile enough to do it and he can guard multiple positions (laughs) Um so I I do think it's possible it's just you'd have to work on that offensive, you know, side of it which he's not the first person that's ever had, you know, had to go through that in the NBA. So again it's it's going to be interesting. Um we'll talk about more about this next week and we're going to have the fan roundtable. Um but lastly, I know that uh, fantasy is coming up for for a lot of people and I, you know, for basketball, I know football is underway, um, but I play basketball for fantasy as well and in a dynasty league. But I do want to make sure that I shout this out um, that it is September and draft season is right around the corner. And that's huge at Sports Ethos. Uh, it's also really the, the only time of year we... Uh, kind of you know sell anything at, at the host site there and not only will it help you win your fantasy league but it's also critical for our you know growth and you know us as as a organization so please take the time and go ahead to sportsethos.com click on the premium tab to grab a premium subscription or draft guide today and yes answer your question um which I'm sure some of you know, if you've done this before, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. So make sure you check back um, daily for more features. And um, again, it can help you go dominate your leagues, uh, win you some money. Um, But again, go to sportsethos.com and look under the premium tab. So thank you again, guys. And um, I will see you back next week. Go Kings.